Hi, and welcome to Figure of Speech, a program from WRBH where every week you can meet local poets and writers in the New Orleans community and listen to them share their work. Today, we'll be hearing from local poet Jerrica Marshan, and I'll let her introduce herself. Hi, um, thanks for having me on. I've got a few of my favorite poems here for you today, and I'm just going to go straight into them. Um, this first poem I'm going to share with you is from Rainer Maria Rilke, and it's called uh, Tulu Andreas Salome. One, I kept myself too open. I forgot that outside there are not just things, not just animals at home within themselves, whose eyes do not reach out from their lives round us. Differently than a picture from its frame, that all along I snatched into myself glances, opinion, curiosity. For all we know, eyes may appear in space, staring down. Only when hurled into you is my face not imperiled. As it grows into you, as it continues darkly forever onward, within your sheltered heart. 2. As one would hold a handkerchief in front of one's piled-up breath. No, as one would press it against a wound from which life, all in one's spurt, is trying to escape. I held you close till you were red with me. Who can describe what happened to us? We made up for all that there had been no time for. I ripen strangely in every impulse of my unlived youth, and you, beloved, found yourself beginning a kind of savage childhood in my heart. 3. Remembering them will not suffice. There must, from all those moments, still remain a pure existence in my depths, the sediment from a measurelessly overfilled solution. For I am not recalling what I am moves me because of you. It's not that I discover you at the sad, cooled-off places you left. The very fact that you're not there is warm with you and realer and is more than a privation. Yearning ends so often in vagueness. Why should I be desperate while your presence still can fall upon me? Gently as moonlight on a seat beside the window. And I think it's an important thing to note about that particular poem. It's a it's an English translation from the German. So we're not getting precisely everything that Rilke is trying to say. Um, when reading poems in translation, it's the, the joy of the translation themselves. Um, yeah. <laughs> This next one is a bit of a different one. Um, it is from the book Mommy Must Be a Fountain of Feathers by Kim Hyesoon. This book was published by Action Books. Um, it's also another poem in translation. Um, these are translated by Don Mi Choi into English. Three. 
This one is called Rat. Enter the inside of the sunny morning, and it seems as if the scream can always be heard. It's so loud that it's inaudible to us. The scream let out by last night's darkness. This morning, the whitish scream suddenly disperses, then gathers in the air. Ah, 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 ah. Do people know how much it hurts the darkness when you turn the light on in the middle of the night? So I can't turn on the light even when the night arrives. The day of the first snowfall, I took an x-ray of my body. Then I asked everyone I met, have you ever turned on the light inside your intestine? The darkness with a fluid mass moving through it endlessly, is this my essence? When the light is switched on inside my darkness, I buzz like a beetle pinned down, a bung, a bung, bung, and shake my head wildly, my muzzle holding on to a black string. Struck by the light, I regress in a flash from a reptile to a beetle turned upside down. My dignity is the darkness inside. Was it hiding inside the darkness? Lights on, my underground prison, my beloved black being trembles in it. The damaged walls of my room quiver from the car lights coming in through the window. Thousands of rays of light poke at me, my dark, crouched face. In the day of the first snow, the snow was nowhere to be seen. The houses with lit windows. How painful the light must be for the night. And my next selection is um, one from the book Useless Landscape or A Guide for Boys by the poet D.A. Powell. I heard him read this aloud, and first off, I I'd read this poem before, and it was it was beautiful. Um, but there's something about hearing the poet read his own work, um, something magical about it, especially after I was lucky enough to, to get to know this poet for a little bit at the time and um, the context of him reading was kind of like a goodbye, um, a goodbye for the semester and a um, goodbye in leaving the city where I was living at the time. So um, it's also uh, the last poem of his book. So it always kind of, when I enter it or when I read it, it always kind of leaves the air um, feeling different, feeling feeling more special and um, with more weight, more magic. This one's called Missionary Man. We must bear away the body to another place. Oscar Wilde, Salome. Then said I, here I am. 
send me. Isaiah 6, 8. The product of poor radiology, this one rectangular window through which the faintest of flowers might be seen. As each plastered vegetative eye awoke in traction and sought to be dismissed from the unreliable dispensary to which it was tied, so too did I petition to be moved into any upper room that might have me. Let the next who comes invite me so, if the night can take it. Shall we thread it like a spider glance around its unlit cistern, collecting our moonstruck strands toward the vortices we've kept from thus exploring? Let him knock with a promise of books. Good looks. Cutaway collar, skinny black tie. The pocket protector with his name engraved for the bandages were still to be unwound. Had I ever thought about being saved? No, I had only thought about being spent. And unmended in my bones, I fostered such attraction to this ardent host himself, the aseptic Argent lancet brought to pierce me in my side. It was his first penetrating glance that filled me with a sudden surge of blood, rack, rent, and bungle of my corpse. Let me say I stank like the rim of hell in all my lust, and would have blushed at my own heat if not for the shameless eagerness in his eyes. The world is full of lovely but tragic boys. Get me on the joy bus, I said. Nobody ever really rides the joy bus. He prepared a place for me in an empty house, received me in the shaded summer lawns, wrapped in our own light jackets at the river bottoms, hid in the manzanita clumps, the break, the brittle fern, in the foyer of a Pentecostal church, where we took our gladness to spite the pious, took the praise of God as an offering of our bodies. Each of us crouched in the doorway in turn, mouth to the vine, lips to the Eucharist, flesh of my astonished flesh. John, my elder, John, my boy, the body is dead to us, naughty, then gone. Suffer me to kiss thy mouth, John, I will kiss thy mouth. Let him be born of every ash that glows in the oil drums of winter parks. Let lesions disappear, let brittle bones be knit. Let the integrity of every artery be restored. There is no God but that which visits us in skin and thew and pleasing face. He offers up this body. By this body we are saved. All right, and I have like a super treat. I think it's a treat for me as well as a treat for everyone who listens. Um, 
I've brought a couple of Mary Shebist poems. She's another one of my absolute favorite poets. These are all some of my absolute favorite poets. Um, but this book, Incarnadine, um, out of Grey Wolf Press, uh, came out a few years ago, and it won the National Book Award. It's like one of the most perfect books of poetry out there. And every poem is completely entrancing, so I'm going to go into a couple of them. This one's called The Troubadours, Etc. Just for this evening, let's not mock them. Not their curtsies or cross garters or ever-recurring pepper trees in their gardens promising. Promising. At least they had ideas about love. All day we've driven past cornfields, past cows poking their heads through metal contraptions to eat. We've followed West 84 and what else? Irrigation sprinklers fly past us, huge wooden spools in the fields, lounging sheep, telephone wires, yellowing flowering shrubs. Before us, above us, the clouds swell. Layers of them, the violet underneath of clouds. Every idea I have is nostalgia. Look up. There is the sky that passenger pigeons darkened and filled. Darkened for days, eclipsing the sun. Eclipsing all other sound with the thunder of their wings. After a while, it must have seemed that they followed not instinct or pattern, but only one another. When they stopped, Audubon observed, they broke the limbs of stout trees by the weight of the numbers. And when we stop, we'll follow what? Our hearts? The Puritans thought that we are granted the ability to love through miracle, but the troubadours knew how to burn themselves through, how to make themselves shrine to their own longing. The spectacular was never behind them. Think of days of those scarlet-breasted, blue-winged birds above you. Think of me in the garden, humming quietly to myself in my blue dress, a blue darker than the sky above us, a blue dark enough for storms, though cloudless. At what point is something gone completely? The last of the sunlight is disappearing, even as it swells, and just for this evening. Won't you put me before you? Until I'm far enough away, you can believe in me. Then try, try come closer, my wonderful and less than. This one is another one from Mary Sheba's book called Hail. Hail, Mary who mattered to me, gone or asleep among fruits spilled. In ash and dust, I did not leave you. 
Even now I can't keep from composing you, limb and blue cloak and soft hands. I sleep to the sound of your name. I say there is no Mary except the word Mary. No trace on the dust of my pillow slip. I only dream of your ankles brushed by dark violets of honeybees above you murmuring into a crown. Antique queen, the night dreams on. Here are the pears I have washed for you. Here are the heavy-winged doves asleep by the hyacinths. Here I am, having bathed carefully in the syllables of your name in the air and the sea of them. The sharp scent of their sea foam. What is the matter with me? Mary, what word, what dust can I look behind? I carried you a long way into my mirror, believing you would carry me back out. Mary, I am still for you. I am still a numbness for you. And this third one from Mary Shebist's book um, is actually my favorite love poem. One of my favorite love poems. I think this is the most romantic poem in the world. <laughs> but um, that's just me. To you again. Again this morning, my eyes woke up too close to your eyes. They're almost green orbs, too heavy-lidded to really look back. To wake up next to you is ordinary. I do not even need to look at you to see you. But I do look. So when you come to me in your opulent sadness, I see you do not want me to unbutton you. So I cannot do the one thing I can do. Now it is almost 1 a.m. I am still at my desk, and you are upstairs at your desk, a staircase away from me. Already it is years of you a staircase away from me. To be near you and not near you is ordinary. You are ordinary. Still, how many afternoons have I spent peeling blue paint from our porch steps, peering above hedgerows, the few parked cars for the first glimpse of you? How many hours under the overgrown pink camellias thinking the color was wrong for you, thinking you'd appear after my next blink? Soon you'll come down the stairs and tell me something, and I'll say, okay. Okay, I'll say it just like that. Say it just like that. I'll go on being your never enough. It's not the best in you I long for. It's when you're noteless, numb at the ends of my fingers. All is all. I say it is.
Uh, and, and for this last one, I guess I'll leave off with one of my own poems. <laughs> uh, this one's kind of an old one. Um, an old one for a new project. Um, uh, it ha it had a title, but now it doesn't. Um, but I'm just not going to share it with you now because it's, you know, <laughs> it's untitled. Let's just call it untitled. And um, I guess I could also say that, like, currently I'm kind of obsessed with the um, idea of, like, love poems and love poetry. It's something that I haven't really indulged, um, a subject that I haven't indulged myself in my life yet. So I'm kind of, um, from my selection, I'm kind of covering myself in these ideas of, of love. Painful and beautiful, though they may be. Okay. Uh, this is my untitled poem. Glass in my heel. I find my face too often it strands me, the cough out a bitter lip. I flashed my cute mature teeth. I ate my own teeth. They bittered. And so enlighten me. When you said I was coy and not easy, my name, the pepperoot, in your jelly throat, mildling. Look, my cute supper arrived. I dedicate it to you. Blind me. Confess, was it the dark edge of shifting season in the weightless scent, listless often, clenched like a sphincter instinct in the kiss booth what set you off? A chamber divided. I couldn't make count of its rooms. Look, the floor fell. This doomed to froth at the head, a sprained nuclear tear courses a muscle inside me. Blend, sweetheart. Take my too small coast and put a boat in it, but build it yourself. Narrow and fast as a ghost of a throat, dead before absolution. Forgiveness, how I fear you. So boxed now, you loose end. I trifle the imagined knot of you. That was New Orleans poet Jerrica Marshan reading some of her favorite works and also some new work. Um, she has a book out entitled Swell, which is out from Future Poem Press. And that's our show. You've been listening to Figure Speech, a community poetry and writing program from WRBH. Tune in every Saturday at 1 p.m. and on Mondays at 9 p.m. for more great New Orleans writing. Thanks for listening.